should I say that I'm not in Australia? Should I say that I'm I'm in New York with you guys? You are like, in New York with us, but you're also in oh, Australia. Yeah. What? Where do you want to oh. be? Uh, let, let, let's let's tell everybody that I've gone to New York. Welcome to Looking for Artists. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm also talking to you, my guest, but I'm not going to say your name because here we go. All right. My name is Adam Plant. I am an Australian person and I make bad and ugly art. I also make music. I also write. I do a little bit of everything. I'm in New York right now. I'm with the whole Rock Rising crew. <laughs> there's Michael here. There's Julie here. We're all hiding. You know, we're, we're having yeah. a lovely time. You guys. Everybody's it's really so missing good out to see you. Oh, it's how so was your good. trip? Oh, you know what? It was all it was horrible. This whole coronavirus yeah. thing, messy. Ugh. But you know we we're, we're here. Speaking of coronavirus, let's just knock it out of the way. I'm going to yeah, mm. yeah. So, pertaining to LFA, this is the first podcast that we have recorded since things got serious with COVID. Now, from an artistic point of view, that's been because um, we've kind of drawn back and wanted to specify what we're trying to say. And that's been a little bit of a personal journey to develop the vocabulary and kind of create the space because things are super weird. But for you and your process, it's funny because you say ugly art, and I want to touch on that in a second, but... For you and your world, um, what's what's really changed? Like, is it different at all? Is anything different? Well, you know, from an a uh, from the standpoint where I am, I'm a, I'm a very social, introverted person. So I was lucky enough to not be even phased by this whole thing. In fact, it was like one day somebody said, "You actually can't go outside," and I said, "You know what? I'm all right with that." So from that kind of standpoint, I I got really productive really fast, but um. You know, it kind of it kind of drags on you a little bit after a while. You know, you still want to go out and uh, taste the sunlight, but other than that, you know, I'm I'm surviving quite well. How about you guys? How did you survive? Yeah, so I mean, kind of to piggyback off of what you touched on, um, personally, the shift was easy. Um, I I like being around other people but I prefer my time alone. You know, trying to figure out myself is a task enough. So when, I, when you add other people to the, to the mix, it's easy for things to get kind of weird. <laughs> um, but I'm down for weird. It's just, uh, yeah, I like being weird alone. Um, so, but so also, like I found myself waking up and sitting in front of the computer and once the computer was open and up and running and I knew I had my whole day, I just would work all day and it, I'm not going to say it became an issue cause I really enjoyed it. Um, and without being cheesy, it's like, if you're doing what you enjoy, is it really work? Because I would have those days where I look at the clock. I'm like, wow, literally six hours have gone by and I don't know what day it is. Um, so yeah, but now I think is when the real shift has been occurring for us. Um, personally, you know, rock rising, I guess has become um, completely mobile and remote. And while we have seen some of our team members, 
we're not getting together as much, but we're getting um, maybe two to three times the amount of work done. So, well, see, that's amazing. And I mean, like you know, like you said, this whole remote thing that's happening. I mean, we're living in the future. We can converse without even meeting now. This is amazing. So, I mean, things right. kind of or, work yeah, out. Yeah, we like... can keep going. Yeah. Oh no, no, I was about to say that. You know, like I, I definitely agree with this whole like being trapped indoors it actually motivates you and and you said that it's not a problem but i, I mean like i think we i think we can both agree that it kind of hits you in, in a way where you're like oh wait i am working way too hard yeah and it becomes i mean it can become an issue just for your body you know my eyes mm. were starting to hurt and that's kind of that was the first warning sign for me where i was like oh my eyes are aching why is that <laughs> it's like my eyes look yellow what is going get, on get some of those little eye drops in you you know <laughs> yeah you got to lubri lubricate the globes oh we need keep... lubrication yeah we really really do i think uh people too many people are walking around dry these days <laughs> um so yeah we've you're here obviously because you're an artist I've had a couple of guests on where I've done more convincing than I was prepared for. I, I had to convince them, hey, look, you're an artist. Look at all these artistic things you do. And they're like, oh, okay, I see it. But you are an artist. Um, you say you make ugly art. Um, what, do you, what do you do? Please expound upon that, if you will. Okay, so, you know, I think that artwork has uh lost a lot of creativity i mean you know being creating artwork today and there's a lot of trendy artwork kind of formulas going around but we've all lost the way to be ugly and uh that's that's sad mm. for me um i think with that because we're living in such a pc area of time and whether or not you like that or not um it has influenced everybody and nobody wants to be ugly no everybody the trendy thing to do is make artwork that's not threatening to grandmothers that's the number one goal for people. And uh, I, I disagree with it, you know. So um, ugly artwork, it's, uh, it's, it's more experimental than anything else. Uh, going out of my way to sabotage my own process in order to make something that's really weird and uh, kind of uncomfortable. I think when you, the further you get into these weird and uncomfortable zones, you realize that the thing that's so weird about it is that it's it, it actually unlocks a lot of things that make us who we are. You know, you're kind of confronted with a lot of the things that um, you may try to be avoiding, you know, in the first place. Like, that's why I think people have an aversion to it. But when you I guess when you mean like ugly, like what what do you mean? OK, what so is that? Is ugly objective? Is that an objective thing? Well, I think that ugliness is not a uh, is not cute. It's the opposite of cute. It kills cute. You know, people people want to look really terrific. They want to they want to be shining. And uh, I'm more about looking hairy and having drool coming off my lips. You know, something really gross. And uh, it it is a reflection <laughs> a reflection of myself. Um, you know, I I love I love to see savage art. Anything that's really out there that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of annoying. It's like sometimes art can just be a big, big fart. And sometimes farts happen and they're not there and then they're there and then it stinks up the whole room. And uh, it's right. That's that's, that's right. ugly art for me. Yeah. OK, so along this metaphor of, of a fart in ugly art, like 
you can inject meaning into that, especially if you're one of the people sitting in that room that did not <laughs> dispense that fart and you're the receiver of it. If you're, you know, if, it, if the room is a gallery and you're observing that piece of, of gas, mm. you can, it can really affect you and you can inject meaning into that moment. But do you think that art has to have a meaning or do you think art inherently has meaning? Well, I think that it's a two-way uh, two street here. Some people will impose their own meaning on something when there isn't anything, and uh, which is why I think some farts are just farts, you know? And some farts smell really good, you know? And that's fine. If, you, if you're into good smell and fart, Dude, awesome. <laughs> it is so weird that you say that, because Julie, um, who's the in-house producer and also I, my wife, I'm married to her, she's also on the Rock Rising team, uh, a couple of days ago was asking me what are some of my favorite smells like deep down that are secret. And, you know, to be honest, when I'm deep in like um, a 20 to 30 minute shit and it's like it's like kind of stinky and the temperature rises in the bathroom because of that shit. I kind of like some of those smells like the shit, oh, my own shit smells. You got to get into it though. That's the main thing about it. You know, if you're, if, yeah. if this is something you're putting out there, you know, take it up, you know, absolutely live Yeah, that. exactly. It's like, if you're going to take up the space, if you're going to take a breath, take a deep, take a deep breath. This is it. This is, I mean, and, and you know what, this, this whole podcast should become a fart podcast. This episode, at least, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm down for it to be a fart, so. a fart cast. Come on, we'll talk about all the aspects of a fart, you know, and there's a lot of aspects here. There are there are the farts that that make sound but don't talk to you, but there are also the farts that talk to you. They, mm. You know, they talk where they have like it, it's like um the sound is so inconsistent and kind of crackly where it's almost like speaking a sentence. You're like okay, but you I know, hear you. All- Exactly, exactly, you know, and this and this is going back to art. This is exactly the same thing. Sometimes you read too far into a fart, and that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a bad thing. You know, you don't want a fart to tell you that um you need to go out and murder your family, you know? So that's that's a bad that's a bad example, but uh you know, yeah. you really can read into this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that in that scenario, you know, who's checking who in to the uh institution, you know? And how do you That's explain it. it? Oh, how do you You're explain like you just... it? What, what, what paperwork do you need to fill out? <laughs> they have is a whole it, separate you know, form. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it a form? Is it a form or is it a mason jar? And you, oh, just say, yeah. you know, screw it on quick <laughs> and tight. Form. You get to go lock him up. No, hey, why don't we do have you ever thought about that why don't we, we we go to the doctor and we can submit urine samples but we we rarely submit like if people complain about having bad gas we rarely have people fart in a in a thing and then seal it up it's true and get, you know, a, and some... get a, a medical professional to smell it oh yeah but th- but you see do they do they have to have like some sort of metal medical uh degree for it like a really tailored medical degree you know you can be a doctor but can you be a fart doctor <laughs> right you know, what, right what, where's the university course how much does it cost i'm in <laughs> yeah i know i mean and and it, you also would have to be trained in breathing techniques and in the whole oh. nine yards but okay 
this does actually kind of lead me to your website, which other than our emails and your Instagram is, it's really like where I've interacted with you and your personality and your farts the most, but it does look like an explosion of, of like your brain of brain fart. And Mm. I really appreciate that because one thing that I kept that kept coming up in my mind when I was when I looked through your website is there's a fine line between feeling overwhelmed and then feeling like everything is super clear and straightforward. And I and I think one of the things at least that snuck up for me is like it it feels like you're getting blasted with like advertisement or like almost like messaging. And then when you read it, you're like what the fuck is any of this talking about? <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Ta- I, I absolutely go towards the nonsensical adverts. There's no doubt there. But uh, thank you guys for having a look. But, um, you know, I, I do like artwork. See, a lot of the artwork I do is a reflection of what I'm thinking. I'm, I try to blur the lines between stuff that means nothing and then stuff that means a lot, at least conceptually. Um, yeah. So... Sometimes I, I wake up and I, I draw an artwork that's very political, very social. And sometimes, you know, it is sometimes it's just meant to be fucking stupid for no reason. I like that. I do, too. Um, I'm kind of doing that in in maybe one of the most extreme ways. And I've recently started to get like more and more heavily tattooed. And at first I was like, I'm going to get things that, you know, are timeless and there it's just form and it's not going to be bound to any specific date so if anyone found my body like they did Otzi the ice man you know and then i was like you know what forget that <laughs> i'm gonna get something cool and something recognizable and now i'm just like i want to get tacky shit like i want to get ignorant garbage bumper sticker <laughs> tattoos <laughs> I love that. Just the Coca-Cola brand across your head, forehead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Branded. That's a whole genre, subgenre of tattoos. Like people love just getting brands like Air Jordans blasted on their foreheads and stuff. Can you imagine a, growing yeah. up and having kids and they all look at you and they say, what the fuck is wrong with my parents? I he love that. He just really loves Nikes, you know? Oh, he, he just loves it. Just do it. Just why not? Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. It's funny you say that because one of my most meaningful tattoos is like um, a scribble of my own handwriting. It's when I started this vlog, which was very much a collection of basically my vlog was like I would release an episode, which was the summation of a week of events. Looking back, it was really just like kind of piecing together my my main farts and creating some sort of a narrative and presenting that to the world. But anyway, wait, what, what were we taught? Why did I bring up my, oh, the Vindua <laughs> tattoo. That's so funny because this, this is exactly why I got it. So my vlog was like this whole sentiment of like, look, I may not be doing this forever, but I'm excited to start this now. And I'm excited to be transparent about what I'm, what is new and fresh in my life right now. And I reached out to a, an artist friend from back home and she was like, Hey, I just started tattooing. I bought a kit. It's super weird. You know, I've been practicing on my thigh, but I really love it. And I was like, this is content. Content is king. 
come over and and uh, I really forced the issue there. But it it's a really cool tattoo, but the handwriting is atrocious. And um, yeah, tattooing is really, really interesting to me. But I think what's the most interesting thing about it is how it's kind of like turning the soul inside out. And like what we were getting to earlier about the weird and the abstract and the normal is that it it really does blur that line between the most meaningful and the most meaningless type of um, subject material. And often like right before we started, or maybe it was on this, on the episode after we started recording, I referenced something about dreams you know, and it's the, it's the, some some of the weirdest stuff you take with you where you're like, this could mean everything or it could mean nothing. And uh, I don't really know what to do with my life other than make a meme, you know. <laughs> well, memes are the answer. Come on. Like overall, oh, life, sure. life needs to be summarized in some cheap, tacky joke. That's the main that's the main goal. When did you um? When did you find art or did art find you? What's the story on this? You know, I've been doing art since I was very young. I'm going to say about four years old. I, I just loved drawing when I was a kid. There's this uh, fantastic story that my parents love to preach at me. They say, oh, Adam, look, at, do you remember that time you were five years old and you drew a reindeer with six legs? And they think it's hilarious. But little do they know that I just couldn't count. And so, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so that kind of thing was there from the start. I was always doing art. I was about uh, fairly young when I started doing claymation, uh, kind of inspired by Wallace and Gromit, um, which then Absolutely. slowly, oh, it's lovely. I love that kind of stuff, you know, and that kind of nostalgia that's around um, old oh, claymation. Yeah. You know, it's so imprecise. It's like comfort food. Oh, exactly. I mean, the, the plasticine, plasticine tastes like shit, but it is comfort food. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I can only imagine. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, and then past that point, I started making films. Um, but it was until it wasn't until I was, God, maybe uh, 18 around that time that I was I kind of moved away from very uh, what I would say McDonald's version of art. You know, it was I used to make a lot of storylines and I used to create all these different emotions through textures or whatever. And then I just moved into it and I thought, you know what, some art is just really gross and I like that art. Um, and I was inspired by things like, uh, have you ever seen the movie El Topo? No, I haven't. Oh, El Topo. You need to see El Topo. Some people hate it. I've only seen it twice in my life. I don't think I'll watch it again, but it is an absolutely beautiful film. Um, so I was very inspired by really surrealistic uh gross out stuff i also very much like b-grade horror films like as as b-grade as you can get with a horror film you know stuff that doesn't make sense the overdubbing is horrible it, it grates on your ears um your eyeballs start to bleed that's the that's the kind of films that i like watching um so i yeah. I, I kind of i don't know if i'm parroting it you know taking the shit out of it but um i definitely like to recreate a lot of the things i see in my own artwork hmm I love that. What do you think sparked that? I'm not going to say shift, but kind of like awakening to or, or recognition of I like gross 
um, you know, obtrusive kind of, you know, imposing type of shit. Well, there was this, I, 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 it's, it's hard to say because, um, I kind of hate how pretentious people are about their art. And I mean, like you're talking to an artist and I'm, I'm meant to be this guy who's like, oh, it means this and it needs to, oh, I fucking hate that shit. I think that art, you know, some art, it's like, you've got the difference between a gallery exhibition art, you know, that really pretty stuff you put on a little mantle and, and everybody comes over and fumes. And then there's some art which some guy is is scribbling on a wall, and I think that that is just as good. Um, so I really just hated the way galleries present themselves. And being an artist, you're always finding people who are, you know, the the circle of artists, all the all the assholes to get that get together and they try to justify what they're doing. And I just don't connect with them. I'm I'm much rather connect with somebody who understands how pointless everything is and that you're just doing it because it can be done so i think around the age of maybe 18 i realized well maybe i should just be really 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 fucking weird about it and do some dumb shit all the time Mm. i like that a lot i don't know why but um there's this memory that that came to my mind while you were saying that which is my mom teaches at my old school and she started teaching there basically to collect tuition remission for her kids and so I spent a lot of times in the empty hallways you know in the summer the winter breaks Mm -hmm. when she's you know building her curriculum and I looked in one of the cubbies while I was like running by just like I guess like hiding in the lockers or something one summer and I saw like an apple that was rotted out and it looked like someone had stabbed it with a couple pencils a couple times and it just like it was so rotted and and like gross looking that it made me feel weird about myself but at the same time a little like aroused in a weird way where I was like (laughs) that's so gross I don't know what to do with my body and like I'm alone in this hallway and it's like gross, but like, I also like apples and like they, I eat them and they can taste good. And I just remember that, that feeling of like feeling like I should look away, but, and I want to look away, but I can't. And I also don't want to. So, um, and I really do, I do resonate with that as well. And I think that, um, back to what you were saying about kind of rejecting this whole gallery culture I kind of got to that place um, with acting in the sense of I'm not going to I'm not going to discourage people from pursuing like a focused act acting career. But for me, it became a thing where the expectation was so heavy that it was like it was kind of limiting options as to what you could do or what you could say that would be accepted. And I'm like, well, now we're just no one's actually saying anything. Mm. And what's funny is like, that's okay if we're going to recognize that we're not saying anything, but not only are we not saying anything, we're, we're not saying anything and we're acting like it's, it's the most important. And it's like, look, it's the same people in the seats every year. It's the same people on stage. We're, we're doing revivals of the same shows. And it's like, none of this means anything. And so why not, yeah, I, I like, I just break, break away from the mold. Why not create your own meaning? 
Oh, and um, if, if anyone can find a way to do that within any of their fields, like that's kind of what sparks my, the deepest parts of my soul, you know, and like, you know, to be kind of cheesy for a moment, looking for artists is kind of a manifestation of like that desire. It's like, I want to make something that not a lot of my peers at least were making that was like form meeting function. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't even have to be consistent. You know, some episodes we're talking to like actors in New York, and then some act some episodes we're talking about farts with artists in Australia, and like talking about how we don't really like, you know, how a lot of industries operate. So I I love it, and um, I definitely resonate with you. But in terms of your personal arc and journey as an artist. Has there been any moment where you've like suffered from or dealt with like feeling subconscious or self-conscious or weird about projecting your subconscious or your unconscious? Like, in other words, like, do you, do you feel weird ever towing the line? Do you feel a responsibility or a weight or a fear? Well, I, I definitely think that there's a, there's going to always be a level of people feeling self-conscious from whatever you do, it'd be weird. You'd be a psychopath if you didn't feel at least a little bit uh, put off by your own uh, stupidity sometimes. But you got to just weigh up whether or not you want to actually do something. You know, weigh up: is this something that I want to get out there? What do I want to put out there? And if your answer is, "Oh well, I want to do something that's really zany or or kind of off the walls," then then you got to just do it. That's how I see it. But um, as far as feeling like it's all, you know, do I want this out there? Well, we're living in this really politically correct culture. And uh, I think that's the most off-putting thing because the, some political correctness is justified. And then some of it is, I think, stifling people, especially creatively. There's a, a censorship that's just, it destroys character to an extent. And everybody's so scared because they think that, you know, the internet police is going to rain down and, and take your kids or whatever. Um, and I just, I, I think that it, it takes just one person to stand up and say, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to speak what's on my mind. It might be silly. It might be gross. It might be slightly offensive. It might be very offensive, but I'm going to say it. Why not? And if you can actually do that, I think there's going to be a market for you to push your brand out there. I agree. I mean, I think for the past um, three years of my life, I've been um, being more, I've become more and more comfortable with that and pushing the line for myself. Um, if you, you, you said that you've been listening to the podcast for a while and for that, first of all, thank you. But secondly, you've probably um, heard about my borderline obsession with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that's one of the things that kind of helps um or at least before covid it helped kind of keep me kept the edge right there for me and um it kind of made things real really quickly and kind of gave me perspective and and I could even kind of come to the things I would did that I cared about like rock rising or my own artistic endeavors in a way where I was like, none of this matter. Like, you know, I can say what I want. In fact, I should be saying what I want. Um, and and back to this thing about stifling. 
in living in a world of um, suffocating almost political mm. correctness, it it kind of yes, it limits us as creatives. But I think what is more of a damage is the one to society, which is like, but but yet on an individual level where we can't we can't deal with or sort through this stuff ourselves. Like if the artists aren't saying it right, if the artists feel afraid to say some of these things, then then it's I think it, in my mind much less likely that we have the normies. I don't want to sound like <laughs> offensive. I put I put it in air quotes, but like if you're not an artist, you're a non-artist. Like I don't know how else to say that. So like for the non-artists out there, in my mind, I feel like they're much less. Um, inclined to either be sorting through, you know, the weird, grotesque stuff in their own mind, or, you know, in their in their communities in their own circles. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a mass mentality about it, I think, which is very strange, you know. And there's nothing wrong with the masses, you know. Masses are fine, but when you get um, like mass media involved and how they form people's opinions, you know. It, that's where I see the danger happening. And uh, if you can't speak out, then you really need somebody else to speak out. And when when the mass media is telling yeah. you that this is wrong and this is right and then blah 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 blah, it um it just it warps society a little bit. And again, there's nothing wrong with um some social correctness. I don't I don't mind some of it, but I I disagree with the stuff that can take somebody's creative project, which is meant to be seen as satire or it's meant to be seen as whatever that you wanted it to be. And then it's just completely shunned. Hmm. It's pushed underneath a car or something. That's, that's bad news. That's where, that's where it all goes backwards. And we can't, you know, I I've recently seen the, uh, the guidelines and regulations of YouTube and uh, Facebook and stuff. And it's horrible. You know, you can't do anything on there anymore. Yeah, it's like there's there's very little incentive to put your energy towards those platforms as a creative. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting because what this seems to be doing is like people can't, going back to this, what you can and can't say, I personally feel like you can't say anything. The only thing you can do is regurgitate or you can um, basically, um, what's it called when you get um, recite, recess, mm. re recite, you can, you can quote somebody, you can quote an article that you re you've read or like the latest breaking news story. But like what it, what this political correctness thing seems to be doing is it pushes freedom of thought completely out of the picture. Where if anyone's trying to create, like you, it comes back to this, like limiting the creative, like the creative space. Like you can't really, in order to create things, you have to present new ideas. Some of these ideas aren't rooted in reality at all. Some of these ideas don't mean anything. Some of them are just there to help you get to where you're going. And we're, I think we're rapidly approaching um, a weird social space where that's just, it's, it's discouraged. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's getting really ugly really fast, which um, you know, yeah. I I don't I don't agree with it, but I think there are there are going to be people who step up and take the chance to do something that is that goes against the crowd. 
Um, and it's not even going against the crowd. It's going against whatever dictatorship is being enforced by whoever, um, which is, yeah. you know, it's going to take a while, but it's also going to get really, really bad, I think. there's um, You can't forget history. And I think that's something that if you do forget history, history repeats itself, blah, 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 and all that happens. But um, if you right. if you fall down that line, it's it's they want to stifle people so much that they don't want to say anything negative. Negativity is bad news and it, it's not good for business. Um, and it, it just causes a lot of problems and then it goes around and, you know, it's 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 ugly. If there's anything you're trying to say or achieve whether it's aesthetic or, you know, literal in literal words, what are you trying to do with your art? Is there anything you come back to? Are you trying to say something well, new every time? Uh, are you trying to say nothing at all? <laughs> it's it's a it's a little bit of everything actually. That's that's what's really bizarre about the artwork that I'm doing currently. Um at one point it was just like chaos. That's what I thought was it was chaos. There was no real meaning there. It's only in the last couple of years that I've put down my, you know, really thought about what I wanted to convey in artwork um, or music or whatever. Um, and so recently I put together a, uh, about a 15 minute video. I, I call it a sitcom. It's not a sitcom, but we're booking it as a sitcom. Um, it's a sitcom about milk. And uh, this, this sitcom quote is uh, about a cup of milk and that's all it is it's just a cup of milk it's just a cup of milk on a table and it, and it's meant to be what milk does when nobody's looking <laughs> and so <laughs> a lot of people will probably watch that or even watch about 30 seconds of it and think what the fuck is this i'm not watching this anymore it means nothing for me i thought about it and i i really thought about this milk guys you gotta you trust me on this it was something that i really thought about and i thought what what does it actually represent? This whole, it's a cup of milk, 15 minutes of basically unedited milk footage. Um, and I thought, well, do you know what? It means as much as most shit on TV means these days. It just, <laughs> it is just a cup of milk in a room. There's no life to it. There's no grit. It's just milk. And um, so it, it, conceptually, there's a lot going on there. Visually, it's, it's a cup of milk. That's it. Milk stops. <laughs> oh, <man. you> know? <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're a regular John Cage. Oh no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I I I can't argue with it because even my favorite TV shows, which I could probably list on one hand, because I don't really have any, but some of my favorite TV shows, the shots are pretty, sure, but it's from like the shoulders up, you know, like there's no, like there's, there's really no, um, diversity in that formula. And mm -hmm. I'm like, even, even if you, th there is a frame, like a shot in the frame where you can see an actor's full f body, they're doing the weirdest stuff in the areas that they don't think are on camera. So that's my mind is spinning on all the things that a glass of milk could get up to <laughs> when, uh, when its owner leaves the room. Yeah. No, it's, um, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys watch Netflix. Do you guys watch Netflix? Yeah, we, we watch Netflix. We watch the Netflix. The Netflix. We all watch the Netflix. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's law now. They, they, somebody's got a gun at you. 
Um, but you know, Netflix is this, it's so grossly, uh, regulated these days. I don't know. I go on Netflix and I literally cannot find anything that's worth watching. And it's so sad. And usually I end up watching it. That's what's fucked up about it. You know? Yes. Yes. And I because it's become an itch and you just, you kind of just need the scratch. I mean, honestly, yeah, and that's true. But what's, what's really sad about it is that I'm so unsatisfied with Netflix that I, I spend more time scrolling down their endless line of nothing, you know, just scrolling, scrolling, oh, yeah. looking for oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. by the end of it, I'm too fucking exhausted to watch anything and I go to sleep. And uh, it's... <laughs> well, people joke about how, you know, the capital they, the capital T, they, they're out there designing these things to just keep us on the apps. It's like, maybe that's true though, because... I find myself just going to Netflix and like you said, scrolling through for 20 minutes. And by the end, I'm like, this has been enough. You know, I've seen, not only have I seen a lot of media, but my brain has worked about just as hard as it would have for a TV episode. I've been going into the old, um, the old anime um, Mm. series, not super old, but like Dragon Ball, you know, and like, kind of just starting that and watching it in sequential order and some of that stuff speaking of weird and dark it uh it gets there really quick it used to do that right i remember see i wasn't that that far into anime content but i do remember it being quite shocking at times yeah it's just it's it gets back to the perverted just really quickly basically all male characters are super perverted and um yeah, it's it's kind of weird to look back on those childhood um, pieces that kind of became my core memories. One thing that I'm doing right now is I'm trying to make media specifically designed for kids. That's not like cheesy kid media. It's just like good stuff. It's like um, I wrote a musical in uh, in high school as a senior project because my teacher told me that I could not do it. So I said, I'm <laughs> then that's the one, that's the thing I'm going to do then. And so I did it and it's been, ex, you know, it's been worked on and we're currently working on it, but I want to make good stuff like for, for kids to just like get their mind spinning almost to go to uh, all the places that, that they're being trained to not go to, but it, you don't well, need to do the- it in like these ways that are perverted, you know? Yeah, what what was this musical about, if I can ask? So, yeah, I mean, I originally started writing this musical and I wanted to tackle the issue of homelessness in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm from. And I was like, wow, that's way too heavy for me. I'm a senior in high school. I have zero life experience. I'm going to write a musical about <laughs> an elementary schooler who has to move schools because... Um, one of their parent, one of his parents got a new job. And so he has to not only, you know, say his goodbyes to his old school, but once he arrives at his new school, it's hard for him to fit in. He finally finds a way in the door by kicking a ball during kickball. He kicks it over the fence, ruins recess for a couple of days, but then uses his very gifts and talents to unify everybody and get the ball back. Um, so I don't know. That may tell you something about my childhood, maybe somewhere deep down in there. Uh, but 
Yeah, it was, it was like maybe that was the the kid that like I wanted us all to be when we needed to be it. Um, but this kid is weird, you know. He has his quirks. He's not afraid to be himself, but he's also aware of how other people see him. You know, um, kind of dealing with it all. But we're we're trying to make it so that any role could be played by a boy or a girl. You know, we're taking all the unnecessary romance stuff out. It's just like why can't we tell stories in a more creative way that actually get people thinking? You mm. know? Well, yeah. firstly, I mean, I'd like to say that is a deep story. I mean, goddamn, something else going on there, but, um, <laughs> no, it sounds good, man. And I, I like how it was made for, did, was this, uh, actually published by the high school? Did you guys, or did you just write it? But was it actually played out? Dude, I, I wrote it and then I just kind of put, I just, put a poster up on the poster board saying that there were auditions and a lot of people auditioned for it. And so, and we put it up, we even like recorded most of the soundtrack to like make an album, but we didn't, that's the only part we didn't finish was the album, but we put it up and um, I partnered with this pianist who helped me actually put it all on sheet music. And we assembled this like jazz band and it was like, kind of like um the band from hey arnold meets like, <laughs> meets like fish and they kind of jammed out for half of it and half of it was like actual on, on actual jazz sheets it was really fun that sounds actually exceptional and i love uh you said you were in high school you did this yeah yeah, yeah high school when i wrote the original stuff god i i love that i love how uh and I'd love to see it in kind of like a high school play version, you know, something so it has so much deep meaning and it's so genuine. And then I'd love to see it played out by, mm. you know, high school kids with a bunch of like cardboard boxes and stuff. I think that would <laughs> Me be too. <laughs> Me too. fantastic. That yeah. The set, speaking of the set is super, super minimal. You know, we're having some, uh, our, our ultimate dream as a team is to kind of, weave ourselves into the education system and like try to be you know form meeting function and we actually have an educator who approached us about it and we're excited to see where it goes because if nothing else it gets us spinning like oh we have to make a prop list like what do we actually need to get this thing um ready for people to do mm. i just uh, i love those moments in a project where it where it kind of like um gets caught by wind that you didn't provide and you're like whoa i could hold on or just let this thing kind of float off yeah it's fantastic I, and you know just that that creative phase where you're you're getting everything together you know it's all it's all happening it's right before it's like the start of the phase where you're like oh i gotta think about it and then you've got the idea and then you're in that like movement phase and that's right before the actual troublesome phase where you have to do it i think that's the best right. phase yeah, I do too. I do too. And okay. And with that, I'm going to ask you basically on my end, one more question. Mm. And then if there's anything that you want to say or, you know, announce or ask, you can do that. And then okay. I'll be, I'll be good for this go around. Um, which by the way, I would thank you so much. This has been amazing. I'd love to have you on again, but we're not done. I see you have a notebook. You could literally, you can literally tell me anything you want from that notebook that we didn't touch on. It could be in order, out of order. But my last official question on my end, 
um, is actually, you know what? I, I want to save it. So do you have anything you want to touch on that we didn't get to? Oh boy. Well, this notebook is so, I see, I, I tried to be, uh, more, uh, organized. And then, uh, if you can see that it's a, uh, it's a mess. I can't, <laughs> it, it doesn't it like, look like a mess. And that's why I asked is cause it looks really, really specific. Oh boy. I, well, I'm glad that I've, I've got the facade going, but, uh, Jesus, no, it did not work out. I think out of- that you, what's cool about this podcast is like, yes, you prepared, but you also came prepared with like who you are. So it's like, we could just do another episode where we, where, where it's, we call it the notebook episode and we go through oh. specific things that you want to talk about. God, you, you should see my notebook collection. I fill them like nobody's business. Same. A, and I didn't I, realize that until I started buying them for myself. And I was like, oh, I can fill these up. No problem. <laughs> it's true. And I don't know. Do you throw away your notebooks? Are you a person who throws them away or do you keep them? Do you store them away? I don't throw them away, but I never look at them once they're full. Oh, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Or, or if I've moved on from like what I'm trying to get out of myself in a, in a journal, I don't really touch it again. Well, you know, Stanley Kubrick had his, his mass amount of boxes. Have you heard about Stanley Kubrick's box collection? No. Oh, well, Stanley Kubrick used to fill boxes with just thousands of boxes with ideas and uh, just a warehouse full of boxes. And I always kind of think, man, I'm, I've, I've got a, I've, I can rival Stanley Kubrick's boxes with a fuck ton of notebooks. <laughs> just never ends. But yeah, um, look, honestly. Well, okay. Yeah, no, um, you know, I, I will I will talk about quickly about Easy Sleaze. I don't know if you've heard about Easy Sleaze. Oh, I've heard about Easy Sleaze. Ooh, 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 it's, it's, the, the news has reached you guys. <laughs> oh, it has. It really has. Well, if anybody here is interested, Easy Sleaze is my production company. We publish books. We publish records. We publish CDs. We publish artists. It is a community... Uh, a community for artists who there's people who do easy artwork and there's people who do sleazy artwork. There's a little bit of something for everyone <laughs> some of the time. Um, so if you're inclined to really, really get into something ugly and, and pretty, Easy Sleaze is the place for you. We're actually, we're actually, I'm updating the website now. I've gone through some trouble with the website. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the, the, the gross little details, but, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know if you guys fuck around with websites. They're a mess. They're a mess. But as far as websites go, yours is fun. Like I spend, <sighs> I can spend time on it. Um, so I hear your complaints, but like in many ways, when I found it, I was like, wow, now oh, I don't boy. need to do this. Oh, you make, you like, make me yeah. feel a lot better about this whole thing. <laughs> Dude, come on. You got you have everything on there. It's a it's a fun fucking website. And the the magazine, dude. Oh, yeah. Digital zine. A digital zine, that's like my dream. I'm I dream of digital zines. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> Is that your I, I wish that dream? they had a digital zine app. Yeah, it's literally I wish that there was a digital zine app that you could download where like artists of all kinds could just submit their their zines to this app where everyone knew where to go and they're digital so you're not really wasting mm. paper and you're Absolutely. using light as your resource so it can be literally whatever it can be as easy or as sleazy as you want it to be 
That's it. And it's it's a click of a button. Much like your website, which leads me back to your website. It's a great website. Like if if you're listening right now and you're this far in, or if you've skipped to the end for some weird reason and you're listening backwards, dude, check this website out. Um, and also the video, I don't know how I got to this video, but there's a video of um I forget the artist's name, but he's dancing and it looks a lot like the El Topo um cover like um stark silhouette like dude dancing in a room and it looks oh, like his living room. oh i know what you're talking and it about it looks almost like a tiktok dance at first and i'm like no this is more serious than a tiktok dance are we talking about hardy slug women is that where we're going here that sounds the, uh, right the guy the half naked guy in a room dancing with strobe lights no no he's like dancing yeah. it's like a nicely lit like um like um you know, like a porch room, like an indoor living room, but like tile on the ground. I don't know. I'll I'll try to put it in. You're the gonna show have to notes. send this to me. Yeah, yeah, something like this. Like I, I've too much shit going on. I can't go remember to, half of it. Um, can you, just real quick? Hold on. Can you go to the the home site, like the main page, and then go mm. to music blog? Yeah, music blog, and then it's that right there. What is that? oh oh yeah so that's my new music blog i've got going you know oh, it's people... new yeah yeah that's that's very new actually that's something oh, that i've wow. just put together recently it's just uh people sending me work and um you know i'm i'm just i'm just mm. loving it you know all this all this amount of content that's being thrown my way and people are saying hey just do you want to publish that and I, i've yeah fuck yeah oh no, dude, that's beautiful... amazing man that is an absolutely beautiful piece of uh, footage, isn't it? It is gorgeous. It it actually um, kind of put me in a place, and um, I I watched yeah I watched the whole dance. It was like um, mm. it was really great, and I think it's so eclectic the the collection of things that you have, like not just on the site but on the music blog. But I think what's cool about stuff like this and the work that that you're interested in is you is is the story that kind of can be seen when they're all put together or for, you know in the music blog like what vi what music vibes you're getting when you're kind of hit with all of them because i immediately scrolled down and went to the next video and that um also kind of hit me raindrops yeah or um anti i don't know what that and yeah, there's a lot of content going on and again per from a personal perspective i actually like i like all kinds of music but there's like a personally i'm drawn to music that it's kind of like why the fuck would anybody publish this it is so outlandish and weird but this kind of music and the stuff that people have been submitting to me recently it is just so catchy and uh mm. i mean it's like how can you not enjoy that right yeah yeah um adam this has been amazing, to be honest. From the moment you reached out to this moment right now, um, you've brought nothing but excitement and curiosity to my brain space. So I can hey. only thank you. Well, thank you guys. I mean, this has been an exceptional, exceptional experience. Good. Uh, hopefully it's just the first of many. Now, I will um loop back to that one question that i saved mm -hmm. that i said i wanted to end with um 
uh, and answer it however you will. Maybe you don't even want to answer it, but uh, I, it's a, it's kind of an old school question on this show, so I like it. If if you had shown me where I am, uh, you know, on this podcast episode with you uh, now, if you had shown me this maybe six seven years ago, I would not have believed it. So. 10 years ago, definitely would not have believed it. And 15 years ago, I would not have known what device you were showing me this video on or, you know, anything of the sort. So in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if you're working on your dream project or maybe you've completed your dream project by then, what will it, what will it have been? What's your what's your dream thing? What does it look like? <laughs> My dream thing. Well, you know what? I think it's probably going to be something musical based. Uh, I like to combine art, music, film all together. Potentially, it's a film. Potentially, it's a musical. You know, I, I like musicals. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there, there is no doubt that it's going to be so bizarre and ugly and stupid and weird that it's going to make your your brain kind of kind of weirdly bruise. Um, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to be. But as far as a project, you know, it's, I, I live by day, day to day. I make projects. Yeah. I, I assume that it's going to be kind of, I mean, I might turn around, I might do something that's made for a gallery. We don't know, you know, maybe sure. I just, I, I completely change. How about you? What is your, what is your next 10 years look like? Wow. Yeah, the uh, the magnifying glass has been turned upon the be <laughs> the holder. <laughs> okay, so yeah, thanks for asking. Um, whew. wow, that's heavy. I know it's a and tough question. You kind of, I don't know what you're chewing on, but the fact that you just kind of asked that question like a mic drop and then sat back and started <laughs> relaxing. It's so funny. Um. Yeah, um, my dream project is definitely going to be, I want to be more myself while loving others better. And, and right now I'm doing that through my art and artism is like kind of one of my main things. But to be honest with you, with the changes that I've seemingly undergone or at least observed in my life the past two to three years, I don't. I can't say that anything lasts forever, you know, like mm -hmm. art, even art in my life may not last forever, even though right now it's, it's made up most of my life. So I want to be more me. And right now that would look like doing more of this. And because this right here has opened up so many spaces that I would not, I didn't even know were there. So it's like, once I'm there, I'm like, oh, what can I do here now? So it's like, yeah, conversations with people like you doing weird things like podcasts or making musicals for kids, you know, or making a, an album. Like, I don't know, dude, I just want to, I'm kind of like you take it day by day. I hope I'm taking it day by day, but taking it day by day a little better than I take it day by day today. You know what? That is that is a beautiful answer. Your answer kicked the shit out of my answer. I, I'm jealous. <laughs> Good. No, I'm jealous was... of your website. <laughs> <laughs> we can be jealous of each other. This is kind of kind of fuming, kind of fuming at each other. Yeah. No, that was. Gorgeous. I'm gonna send you a fart in the mail. 
Oh, dude, I'm looking uh, forward look to it. Look at this. Oh, man, our Polaroid did not quite capture your face. <laughs> oh, So oh. we might have to take a picture of me holding the Polaroid up to the laptop, and then we take a picture with Julie's iPhone. But I'm going to show you this. This is... It's all black. <laughs> it's oh, gorgeous. Look, that, is, that is the best. That is the best one yet, isn't it? Come on, just you and a laptop. It is. It is. In terms of overall experiences and good times, this is definitely one of the best ones yet. Thank oh, you so much. Hey, thank you. And I, you know what? I'll let you know what I've got going in the next couple of weeks if you're interested in Please. hearing. If anybody else of is course. interested. Well, okay. Let me, let me try to do a little spot for myself. Okay, okay. Please make do, please do. Make it real professional. Okay, if you're listening, I've got an anti-self-help book on its way. It's called How to Make Friends with Nic Without Nicotine. How to Make Friends Without Nicotine. It's an anti-self-help book. It's real nifty. We've also got the This Is Life Now magazine. It's a variety magazine. Oh, it's spiffy, all right. We've got a, we've got a Window Peep album. My new album, Window Peep. It's a concept album. It uses traditional orchestral music combined with an R-rated uh, concept. I'm working on a musical about vegans. You look out for that one. I'm working on a, uh, a film project. We don't know what it is with a boy named Jonty. I'm working on another film project with a woman named Paloma. And uh, I'm recording an album with fake Evie. That's me. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, so obviously if you're not on um, the website or if you're not on the Instagram, if you're not on this ride, you're two steps behind. Yes, that's um, true. I'm, again, I'm nothing but grateful and um, now excited for all of that shit that you just listed, <laughs> but mainly the, the vegan musical. Oh, the vegan musical. Everybody loves that. I better do a good job of it or else I'm going to get lynched. <laughs> the fact that you're aiming for it is a good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right thank you so much thank you guys it's been a pleasure looking for artists is a rock rising podcast learn more about us on instagram at rock rising inc that's r-o-c-k-r-i-s-i-n-g-i-n-c looking for artists is available anywhere you podcast